This is Illiterate, y'all. Welcome back. I'm Evan. My name is Taylor. I read the book. I haven't read the book. What are we doing this week, Taylor? Tell them. Tell oh, the people. We're trying to change their mind. It's how to change your mind. It's about psychedelics. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Let's get into it. All right. Michael Pollan wrote... What's the title? How to Change Your Mind. And then it's got the longest subtitle I've ever heard of. <laughs> You know how they do these kind of books. <laughs> how to I change wanted... your mind. The and, and a Who needs it? We're not even going to say it. Introspective into the look into the, uh, the humanoid. Into the... <laughs> no, I don't have to read it because half the book's on the freaking cover. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Pollan, what's he, what's he about? Michael Pollan is an American author, journalist, activist, and professor at Harvard and UC Berkeley. That's pretty, I mean, that was pretty neat. They, Both uh, coasts. It was, it was interesting looking at on his Wikipedia. They go to... I didn't say what he star- studies at both. Sorry, if you want to know, go look. He's, he, he actually teaches different things at both. So, a multifaceted man. Um, and also, if you're curious, I think he looks like Christopher Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> particularly from Roger Rabbit, uh, the uh, the Judge Doom character. <laughs> so, if you want to go see... He's a bald, uh, scrawny old man. <laughs> he's got little glasses. I saw him in black, but I just imagine him in this like big like uh, pilgrim hat and some big judge cape, and he's just walking around screaming at cartoons. <laughs> and I, 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 can't, can't, I can't handle that character getting anymore. No. So, <laughs> so he should not be writing books about drugs. Because he was on drugs on in that movie. drugs. <laughs> Anyway. But yeah, that's Michael Pollan. Uh, <laughs> or the fictional version yeah. of Michael Pollan. <laughs> Michael Pollan is the... Ca- no. um, <laughs> that's Michael uh, Michael Pollan, author, journalist, professor at Harvard, UC Berkeley. Uh, yeah. But when did this book come out? 2018. 2018. Wow. Hot, Hot button issue this week. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, are relevant. We're current. We got We're books cute. that you need to know. It's definitely in the airport. <laughs> that's how you know a book is good. I will say he ha- he teaches journalism and writing so he is oh. not a scientist if that if people were confused by that. <laughs> it's journalists and writing and he just i don't know so he went i'm gonna do some drugs <laughs> the books that he's written before <laughs> uh have been very popular one of them was called the omnivore's dilemma so he's journalizing about different ways that humans went about figuring out how to eat so the hunter-gatherer method the uh, industrial the agriculture gotcha. that one was huge he did a book called cooked about different ways that we consume f- a lot of his books have to do with food hmm. but those are the two big ones that people might know and then this one that came out so he's just exploring all different avenues about humanity and researching things and taking interviews and that kind of thing but this is particular this um schedule one substances i'll yes. just put it lightly psychedelics <laughs> specifically uh does he at all like and this is all preface does he at all tackle how he, he went about trying any of the stuff since it's all no and that's i guess i don't, i didn't under, yeah so that's a great question i didn't understand in the book because he talks about his usage of it but it is an offense to be in possession and even like with the mushrooms in a state park if you're found even foraging for them you can be arrested <laughs> so what like, are you doing not, yeah i'm not looking for mushrooms I, we didn't say that my choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I have no idea how he was able... I know that... So the reason this book was made is because more recently the government has opened it up to clinical trials and testing in various degrees. Right. And that's what he's interested in. There's not a lot of research on it. social tides are turning. So maybe he's... Trying to find some different applications for these things. Yeah. Which we'll get into at the very end, so stick around. Mm. But the main... So he might have had some leeway in that regard... Because it's for a journalistic or he wasn't just doing it for giggles. He might have gotten some clinical approval for what he was 
trying to accomplish. Okay, but he doesn't. I, personally, I'm just interested of like. So he, we know he did it because he writes about it, but he doesn't say how he was. Or did he do? Did he take part in legitimate studies? Yes. Oh, that's I what see. He's yeah. I'm like, what did he do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now that's painting a more clear picture. I'm like, how did he find these drugs? Is he just like walking the streets? If I can, like, he's mushrooms? he seems like a San Francisco kind of guy. Is he just yeah. walking the streets of San Francisco? It's like, do you have all that mushrooms? LSD. <laughs> yeah, he goes through the legitimate means, not for the mushrooms, which that one is no. kind of. He forages for them. Mm. And then takes them. But hey, I, you! <laughs> he didn't get Stop caught. that guy! Uh, he went with a guy that they, he's like, they know who I am. Like, they can't see me. So <laughs> he, had to, he had to put his name down for the state park. But he doesn't say where he went to forage for him. Okay, so well, you that, well, good. It's you in know, Washington State. Mm, hint, hint, hint. Somewhere. <laughs> Try and figure it out. Internet. So, yeah, this is what it's about. It's about psychedelics, which consist of mushrooms, psilocybin specifically, mm. LSD, a popular one. Which actually comes from a fungus also, mm-hmm. but it can be synthetically produced. MDMA, which is also known as ecstasy. Yeah, we kind of moved away from that name. That went away. People just, like, I haven't heard it referred to as MDMA, like, person to person right. in a long time. I think that that it's is like venereal chemical. disease. Right. <laughs> just the, the, uh... But like we used to say, we used to say those things, out, like that was what we said person to person right. on the street, but now it's like become colloquialisms and yeah. fill in the blank terms for these things. So it's just, I'm, that's just, it's, that's just so, the evident thing. Yeah, I'm interested his, in how terminology His thing with the, years. with the magic mushrooms, he was like, uh, the guy that he talks to, who's this amazing, what's his name? Stamets is the guy's last name. Mm. You can look up. He does a very famous TED talk that now has millions and millions of things. He's like a mushroom fanatic mm. oh. and thinks that mushrooms are the smartest species and are going to take over everything. He's a little bit kooky. The mushrooms! They are our overlords. Basically. He thinks they're <laughs> Bow the Bow down now, early, and they will they will spare you. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, watch his TED talk, and you'll hear kind of that's basically what he's saying. Look at he has a go. lot of good ideas <laughs> or interesting science stuff. He backs it up yeah. in, his, in his research. Well, that's the thing. I guess, you know, I guess since we're still early here, this is all shaky. It's yeah. all, the government's just opened this up. We're just dipping our toes we into got doing scared it legitimately. In the 60s about how the fact that yeah, mm-hmm. but he was against the magic mushroom terminology. This the, author Michael Pollan yeah. said it once, and he was like, "I don't like that mm. at all." So this is interesting. A lot of like we were talking about the terminology. A lot of the the way that we went about talking about it. That's why it got super stigmatized mm-hmm. because of the 60s and the way that people were like tune in drop right, out yeah. float down the river just you know open one's consciousness to the, the beatles you know. yeah it was it was so that kind of is what this book is addressing what do you know about the history of this he goes a little bit into the history man i to be quite honest i don't know a lot of the history i know that it's something a natural i know at least with lsd it's a natural substance that we discovered we were yeah. able to synthetically produce it and it's been used at government trials and yeah. those kinds of things and mind control and those you know those little things i have my personal reasons we'll get into later of why i know about those things but that's really my only connection yeah. to evan was a lab rat flowers for he was smart and then dumb and then smart again <laughs> That's the story, Milo. You just, oh, you know me. What a road trip. So we'll go into the road trip of LSD. You're you're basically on the money there. I'll fill in some of the details. 1938, this guy Hoffman 
was in Switzerland working for a pharmaceutical company. They were trying to do all different sorts of stuff. They're pulling apart molecules, mm. this and that. He pulls mm. it apart. LSD stands for lysergic acid diethylamide, mm. number 25, because it was the 25th molecule that he had pulled apart from this fungus, which is called ergot or ergo. If you pronounce it in the Ergo. <laughs> There's a T at the end, though. So he found this, didn't do anything with this. Five years passed, 1943, which this is also the time of the atomic bomb, so people kind of like to parallel yeah, them yeah. just to be fun. But he took uh, 0.25 milligrams, which was a pretty standard dose for medicine just as a trial kind of thing. Okay. LSD is usually measured in micrograms. Ooh. So, so he took like 100% more than you should. Yeah, what if he dropped it on the day the, the bomb dropped on Japan? <laughs> Just, uh, what, what kind of world was he? Was it, what kind of wave was he riding that? <laughs> bizarre that he's in Switzerland because they didn't care. They were the most neutral. So he dropped it on, and if you're listening to this on Friday, which you should, April 19th of 1943. Uh-oh. So right this is on. celebrated in the psychedelic community. Here we go. It's called Bicycle Day because he took it in his lab, bicycled home, and he was like, oh, Lord, mm-hmm. something ain't right. The 19th. When does this episode come out, Taylor? Friday the 19th. My God, you're I'm a saying. genius. Yeah. <laughs> so celebrate Bicycle Day, which was the, the start of LSD, ride a bicycle. Or something. Or do the other thing. Whatever you want. LSD day. Ride a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Bicycle day. So that was when it happened. In the meantime, in the 50s, this was used for medical reasons. There wasn't mm-hmm. a stigma associated with it. There's thousands of clinical papers where they did kind of suspect studies. I don't know all the details. But it wasn't as judicious of a process to we get things know. working. We didn't know. They were, they were trying to figure out what it was because a lot of the things, it wasn't called psychedelics at first mm-hmm. because it, they thought it created mania and insanity. So they're like, oh, we're going to induce this in people mm. so that we can learn about schizophrenia and these crazy things oh my God. that are happening. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, a horror show. In 1949, the company that Hoffman started working for God. came out monster. with it. <laughs> they, so they basically unleashed the monster to everybody. They came out with it as a drug called Delicid. Called Crazy Pants. God. Take it today. Lose your, lose your mind. <laughs> and they just gave it away, God. basically. If you were a clinical, it was so easy to get it. If you were like, I'm running a clinical study, they were like, here, have a bunch. Got super popular in the U.S., especially in places like Los Angeles. There are all these places where people could take it. Cary Grant, the famous actor, really, really endorsed it. Um, I love LSD. I think it's great. And popularized it. Then, as of course, we go into the 60s. There's a guy named Timothy Leary, who's at Harvard, who did it as a part of a graduate study. And his students took it, and he sort of went off the rails. Ooh. He's, like, known as the guy that essentially it ruined far. it for yeah. everyone. He's the party foul guy. He's he the... came up with the tune-in, dropout, uh, whatever that motto is. He's toured the country. He got fired from Harvard because he did a bunch of studies where it was like, you can't do this kind of stuff. There was a, The big one was called the Good Friday experiment where they went into a chapel i think these people knew but they gave half of the people lsd and half of the people a placebo yeah and then of course they're gonna have religious experiences because they did take lsd yeah and they're like see i was like yeah even the people that took the niacin pills had a religious experience because they were in a chapel yeah they're it's a, a, a 
what's it so called? He, it's he like, a, that's like a group thing. Like you, it, yeah. it can because it is happening. It is real to half of them. Yeah, and you are in the environment with them. So and if, you know you took something. Mm-hmm. It could be real in your mind. Yeah, <laughs> it could be real in your mind. A big thing with the psychedelics is the fact that the set and the setting. This is what Michael Pollan brings up in the book is a mm. big factor, which is why the scientific community doesn't like it because an experiment should have a blank slate and be right. repeatable and whatever. But the whole thing about taking these is it's a very internal experience. Right. So the set, meaning what your mental state is, that's where you get in a bad trip because you're like, bring oh, it. yeah something horrible just happened to me or I just lost my job, that's going to be swirling around in your right. mind. And then the setting as well. The song comes on and you can't. <laughs> and then it really And then it swirls with... into a complete down spiral. <laughs> yeah. And there's flying monkeys and it's crazy. God. Or the setting, that's why people like to take these out in nature because it's very calming. Right. It's very, you yeah. don't want to take it in a clinical white lab room, but that's where the scientists want to study it. But it sort of colors the experience if you're laying down on a soft thing and listening to classical music and you have eye shades over. Or strapped to a metal table with 12 angry white men in pastels handing metal instruments over your body and poking you and you can't move or talk. It's going to make you feel schizophrenic. (laughs) Yeah, it might not make you uh, love everything. (laughs) Right. So all that to say that in the 60s, that all that mess was happening. That's also when the MK Ultra Mm -hmm. stuff was going on with the CIA. And that's what you said you know a bit about as far as yeah. experimental stuff. Yeah, I, I um, wrote a short film that's inspired by the MK Ultra trials, which now if you've seen Stranger Things, you know all about all that Is kind that of stuff. It's basically all the same stuff. But yeah. we beat them to yeah. the punch. But uh, but yeah, so in, in, in development for that, I was looking and seeing what they did. We opted to kind of like build it from the ground up, but um, it, kind of amazing. That, but it was the that CIA. The yeah, no, that it was actually fully sanctioned and... I think the repercussions of that, of those experiments, we're actually still seeing today. Uh, Such as? Well, we're, it's mind control. So <laughs> a lot has changed since the 1950s in just American society. And, and American society has shifted in different ways than the rest of the world. I mean, every country goes in its own direction. But it's, it's difficult to parse out what's happened in the last 40 years a lot of it because we're in the eye of the storm we're living it so i think a lot of oh the distance about like what what people are told or what they yeah, know or what yes, they don't know yes yeah, because, I because i i'll i'll go on i'll go on to say i bet that we just don't know the extent of the program oh 100 thousand percent yeah. i mean from my research and from what he was saying is like they burned all the documents I mean, the stuff that does right. come about, it's like every aspect I, of mind control. How can you use these things maybe for torture, maybe to change political views, right. maybe to get people to tell the truth, maybe to get people to lie, right. maybe right. as a chemical weapon, maybe as a, you know, mass hysteria weapon. And they basically open up have, parts of the mind. They have no idea. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm betting that the part, the program that we know is just what got out. Or the part that has to do with LSD. But they were it, doing. I, I'm all... betting it's such a localized, like the, it's such. Yeah. It's like this is just this is what this is basically what was compromised, and we can admit and kind of talk about this. They don't yeah. know about the rest of this stuff. Is basically what I think has been going on. I did um, in recent years. I think it's only maybe two years old now. Netflix has a documentary called Wormwood. That is pretty in-depth, pretty interesting. I think it's about somewhere around five to eight parts, um, but it's about an MK Ultra sus- uh, subject who was working for the CIA. I think it's a very complex uh, yeah. story. 
but um, it ended up being a very famous death. It's like somebody working for the CIA. So this is the a, death that was reported. Is this, is yeah, it's, the guy's name is Olson. He they they f- said it was a suicide because he right. fell out of a 13 yeah. story window, but then they found bludgeon stuff on his head, yeah. and they thought, oh well, maybe he, they said, oh, he, but he had taken the LSD <clears throat> unbeknownst to him. That's there's, a big thing that they just, did. Uh, it's in complete question of as to what happened. Nobody nobody knows when he took it, how he took it, what happened in the whether room. it affected him, whether it was a, a fake suicide. So because he had information on other stuff, yeah. the CIA is crazy. It was like he had something about something called Project Artichoke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah. name anything any yeah. sillier? Yeah, <laughs> Project Blue Button. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the yeah the I, I highly recommend the documentary. I mean, it's fantastic. They go on to they they have like some like reputable actors do dramatizations and they mm-hmm. like they they go through all the scenarios and they replay it and they'll show you every which way that people think this might have happened could have happened even ways they know didn't happen they do it anyway just to show you yeah um and and most of it is about the son who's now taken the mantle for his entire family because when something like this happens it doesn't just end it that's really the beginning he lost his father and that was the beginning of the rest of their life dealing with the loss of their father at the hands of a government who, for most of this time, refused to acknowledge it and then was forced to. I guess the the problem to them is that this got out. Yeah. So sentiment <laughs> for all somebody. <laughs> sentiment for all of this stuff is very low because of all of these complications. LSD was banned in '66, but that didn't stop it. Never kept going on. But in that time, stop the hippies. What year was Woodstock? I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere in there, I think it was '66 or '67. Yeah. You know. If you were there, let us know. Yeah, let us know. You know, we we don't know. We're Mushroom. waiting on our Woodstock Fire Festival. <laughs> let us down. <laughs> we ain't got one. Mushrooms went illegal in '70, so pretty close after. And then there were some studies going on in a hospital associated with Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, but not to any degree. But sort of slowly in the '70s, mm-hmm. still continued. They were like the only thing happening. Now come in there with that devil's advocate that we know of. <laughs> People doing their own private studies everywhere. But then in 1999, this is when the studies return with this guy Griffiths. Party like it's 1999 with Griffith. <laughs> Roland Griffiths came back. He did oh. a bunch of studies on caffeine. Hmm. And told people like, hey, this is a drug. Like this is, <laughs> you know. So he was into it. And he had an interesting story in the book. This Michael Pollan character interviewed him because he was sort of disillusioned by the science of things mm. and had, or the science community, and had been into meditation and some more of these Eastern ego death, mind opening philosophy mm. kind of stuff. And he was about ready to get out of the science community because he was like, there's no scientific way to study this kind of stuff. And then found these chemical compounds. And there's certainly a science to it. It's binding to receptors in right. your brain. Right. As opposed to this woo-woo kind of one with everything because it's all internal. It's harder to right. quantify. Yeah. So he was big into it. 99. But as we said at the beginning, it's, it's just now like uh, trials for MDMA for clinical studies went into phase three, which I don't know what that means, except that it's hard to get to that. But that only happened in 2016. Wow. So it's Maybe like still steps. very, very yeah. new of these of these treatments and of these different things happening so that we can actually learn what it does because right. of all the stigmas and all of the problems 
Because we went bananas with we it. We went bananas with it. 70 years. The interesting thing that Somebody I pulled... started giving it away in the street. <laughs> yeah. And, the and Swiss company being later, like, you wait, need wait, some. Oh, stop. <laughs> then too late, it's out. <laughs> yeah. People are using this not... It'll be 70 years before we even can think about using this seriously. Right. So the... <laughs> This the I guess the the serious stuff that it does mentally. We'll go a little bit into the neuroscience of it. Serotonin is the chemical that is most closely associated mm-hmm. in our brain that exists. All of these things are a variation of a chemical called tryptamine, all the different psychedelics, and they bind to the same receptor that serotonin does. The big parts of our brain that work together that we use most or maybe not that we use most, but that are, are this that this affects is called the default mode network, DMN. They always got to be using acronyms. <laughs> Here on the DMN, we're that, <laughs> where your brain works. It's it's a hierarchy of respect for the self. So your brain is constantly processing stuff. It's assessing what's going on and then giving you inputs and outputs f- based on what you already know, so that yeah. you don't have to make decisions, so that you can be kind of future thinking, mm. right? And so that you know how to take the next step, so that you know what to do, so that you can survive, yeah. essentially. And your brain is constantly making adjustments. It's interesting because it's like the algorithms now, where it's like you could throw how algorithms work. is like you just throw a bunch of stuff, and then they pick the YouTube videos that sort of work. Yeah. But at first, it's just picking them at random. And then it tweaks them, and then it tweaks and them it until... Tweaking, and we don't really know what it's doing. It's the same thing with our brains. Mm-hmm. We don't know how we're able to just get up and go and drive... But because we've done it so many times or because our brain is being like, well, you don't need to notice the birds chirping today. Right. That's why people, when they have something crazy happen to them and they're just thankful to be alive and they start noticing all the little things. Yeah. And all those things start mattering again. Yeah. So, you, yeah. So the, it's it's what they call predictive coding. And breathe. <laughs> and the birds. And, and the sun. <laughs> why does nobody care? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the trope and that's the stereotype and the joke that people make about these mm-hmm. things because that's... Basically what this does is it overrides that because your primary consciousness wants to promote reality Mm -hmm. and the self and the individual in space now so that you can survive. But this binding to your receptor limits that, removes that, which is why people have the one with all things, the limitless, unconscious, that kind of stuff. So the question is, is it actually, and this is not founded by science at all right now, which I guess is something that they're trying to figure out. Is it transpersonal? Because a lot of people have this unifying Shared experience, experience yeah. because you remove yourself from the equation, you remove those thoughts, and you're like, oh, we're all one with everything, and everybody's one. Is that a thing? Or or what they're saying, is it just the premise of earlier cognition? So where like kids basically are on an acid trip all the time because they don't have that previous experience, or they're, they're like, a pine all. cone! Right, right, yeah. Because they don't know what to do with that information yeah so you're being reverted i was just thinking about this today i was i went to have uh the car oil changed and i was walking around the dealership and i saw the guy that sold us the car and i realized i hadn't seen him in eight months since we bought the car there and i started thinking about oh he's been walking around this building for eight months Mm -hmm. 
he I was I was walking around this building looking at things and I haven't been here in a while and they got new cars in the thing they've got you know new pamphlets they've got ooh they got donuts over here in the thing they didn't have that last time you know like mm-hmm. I'm I'm experiencing all the new stuff it's not a ton of new stuff but I'm walking around and, yeah. you know but I'm just thought about like oh to him he doesn't even see the donuts over there <laughs> he does you know like he doesn't care what cars on the on the floor because now he's now if there's a new car now he has to learn all that you know yeah. like I'm like he does, he's not looking around this place at all but I am because I'm not here every day I'm walking around and I'm being yeah. stimulated all the time. Mm-hmm. Something new. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this oddly in the last few days, not even in preparation for this, but just like the newness, no matter what it is, is really good yeah. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like, like well, this it, is, no yeah. matter what it is, it's just new and interesting. And as soon as you know about it, you don't care anymore. It's like like older brothers not giving, you know, like like not caring what their younger brothers into. It's like oh, I'm past that, or like you know, like mm-hmm. grade system in school. I'm past that, you know. Yeah. It's so yeah. So I'm, I've yeah. been thinking and about unlike these unlike other drugs, it it does have diminishing returns because of that. It's like you can't be spaced out all the time, right. and you you lose the effect. So they did a study. I don't know how big it was, but two thirds of the people in the group said that that experience for just a couple hours was in the top five most significant experiences of their lives. Jesus. And a third of the group said it was the top experience. Oh my of their gosh. Life. But you don't need that every Thursday. Right. No. It's like, <laughs> well, you get here that. We go. That was a great one yesterday. Let's do it again. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's not going to be the same, right? It's not going to be anything you're going to, you know, so like that kind of thing, the, the downside is with kids, thinking of it from that perspective like oh this is how kids see things Mm -hmm. that kind of mindset is great for learning but not really for accomplishing anything which is where the like drugged out psychedelic yeah whoa man kind of persona comes into play is because you you're you're not being in that eternal oneness of all things whatever you want to say or childlike mindset of everything's interconnected yeah in my brain and i'm putting all these pieces together and these hallucinations which he says hallucinations is not even really true because it's already in your mind it's not an external manifestation of something else that's going on and most of the time it only happens when you close your eyes like if you're just going about your business on a psychedelic Mm -hmm. 99 percent of the time maybe things are green or or whatever but it's not like you're going to see a giraffe in a top hat walking (laughs) down the street um but just the idea that like that's what the science is trying to figure out is what what are these things doing? What are they good for? Do, or how yeah, can you put happening? them in a clinical sense? What's actually happening? The problem with it is the set and the setting, which we talked about, where it matters if you are told you are going to have a mystical religious experience. Right. You ha- If you prime people with that, they're going to have it. Mm-hmm. And if you put them in a good location with good music and an eye shade and guide them through, and this is where the the... In the book, I got a sense, which I hadn't really thought of before, of like, that's why these things are treated in the old shamanistic religious Uh things as mystical experiences and why they were done with such great care. And you needed a wise elder to mix the potion and you needed. There was also, I think, a a large sense of uh, and something that I've been employing in my thought day to day more and more is that maybe we don't know so much you know, maybe we should be careful. <laughs> right. Not, not do anything, but careful. Yeah. And just treat it carefully. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's doing so. We don't know uh, anything. We might not know so much. Like, I, I, I'm thinking about that in, in all aspects of my life. Like, Notre Dame just burnt down. Like, yeah. we didn't think that was even possible in this day and age. Like, 
oh yeah, we're human and futile and everything that we've made can be, you know, like, yeah, we live in, we, you know, we live in that world and like, this is the world that we've made, but we can, it, it's fragile. And I don't know, like, I, I love science and I love exploring and finding out about all these things, but I kind of want to let the scientists do it for sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because, uh, maybe we don't know so much and I trust them out of anybody on this planet to be the most even tempered and, and judicious and, and, and take it seriously. Unemotional. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just like before we start giving it out in the streets to make money. Yeah. It's like, they're, those are the people that are going to figure it out. So to know why and how and where and and that's why this book was popular last year and on the top list is because he, it's it's I found well, personally that's kind of the that it's not very revealing of anything because nothing has happened. Right. That is the air of the book is like maybe we don't know like we don't know we don't know yet like <laughs> and we're just starting maybe, now again. You know, maybe this, maybe that, but we you know maybe. <laughs> yeah. So there, I like this quote towards the end of the book. He says, if many remedies are prescribed for an illness, you may be certain that the illness has no cure, which Chekhov said that. But he's saying in that quote, because people are like, oh, it does all this stuff, mm. saying maybe if it doesn't actually work, but what are the commonalities between the thing you're trying to fix? So in the 50s, LSD was used a lot for alcohol addiction. Hmm. And the main dude who created Alcoholics Anonymous was like, yo... Let's like figure this out because yeah. maybe this will work. And then that fell through. But the things that they're working on for the treatments specifically that they're, that they're trying to get through now and the FDA approving and all this kind of stuff and that they're doing trials on is the three big things are like people with cancer or people that are dying terminally. Right. That's like urgent. <laughs> yeah. Like we should be yeah trying it's to find to, these answers but it's also to, not, to save lives. It's not to cure it, but it's like those people that are like, oh, I'm going to die well, they need help. You yeah. Know? Like they're not living a good life right yeah. now. So that, um, addiction, like I said, they did a test with smoking and after six months, 80% of the people were good. And then after a year, 67% of the people were, they stopped. The, yeah. Yeah. Or, they were like still, the they were still sober. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so they smoked for a little bit of time and then went they back. were, they were addicted to smoking. Oh, okay. And then took psilocybin and then six months later 80 percent of them broke it were good wow yeah and then the third one sorry the third one was depression yeah which like only got use, expanded in 2017 more uh, study yeah on that <laughs> so they were doing the one with cancer and then the fda denies this because they can't talk about what they were doing right or anything but they said or this guy that was doing the journalism said that the fda asked if they could expand it because they saw that they were working on people that were having trouble dealing with death. And that's kind of like a subset of depression. Yeah. Grief. So the, going back to the initial thing about like, well, how are, what are all the commonalities between these things? If you think like, oh, how can this one drug yeah. or this one substance solve all of these problems? And it has to do with the science of the, of the cognition of children and the fact that it allows you to tap back away from mm -hmm. your ego and the fact that all these things, like you are using that DMN, the default mode network, where you're trying to predict the future and see things for what they could become. Right. And you're too caught up in the self yeah. and what you're doing. And that's what happens with a lot of those kind of things. Like, especially if you're about to die, you're only thinking, who am I? What is my life? What is any of this? Why is this happening to me? This is unfair. I don't understand. How do I get out of this? And then if you take this thing where it's like, oh, this is all one thing. 
or it removes that layer of consciousness, that also applies to addiction because you're concerned with that one thing. So this woman who had been in the study, she had said, like, when I had taken it, I saw myself or the, the version of myself as this, like, golem gargoyle smoking mm. <laughs> and just retching away. And she was like, oh, no. Oh, man. It, it's it's very good at retaining things. So, like, that's why people take mushrooms once and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember viscerally that experience. Yeah. So she's like, when I see a cigarette, I remember me being this horrible gargoyle and... uh I don't want to do it anymore because it, because that was so visceral in her consciousness of that one instance that happened. It stuck with her. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with the with the depression about like you're you're so focused on yeah, which is kind of controversial, I guess, because maybe it sounds selfish to be like, oh, you're so focused on yourself. But it's not necessarily that you're focused on yourself, but you need to be removed outside of that mentality of where your mind is constantly trying your, to your close reality. the loops, close the loops, yeah. survive, 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 and be like. No, let's expand and open up and see all of the different connections to yeah. all these other things. And apparently it was magical with the with the cancer patients who it's just like, oh, they're like super good with death and like wow. the brightest forces in the room and just like, you know. Because their th- mind expanded. And the interesting thing he, he proposes in this book, he's like, it's probably best if you do these things later in life. Yeah. Which was interesting because in the 60s it was all young, hippy-dippy people. Right. Burning out real quick. Burning out real quick. Or it's like you don't have, you haven't built up the grooves in your neural pathways, the same sled going down the snowy mountain. There's not that much to clear the hill, so now it's fresh again. Yeah. But if you're 60, like Michael Pollan is, (laughs) and taking this stuff, it allows... I'm young again! (laughs) ...to see the fields of my mind I've forgotten. (laughs) But he said he didn't know. there There was certain points, too, where he was like, you fool, this is just drugs. You know, <laughs> that reality sets right. back in where you're like, yep. this isn't some transcendent experience. The other irony is the fact that you could no, have... No, I'm sitting here seizing on my couch <laughs> and I didn't know it. <laughs> and then I woke up and now that was weird. Ooh, I feel different. Maybe it's that. But we need more studies. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about mushrooms because that's another... The two big ones that he goes into is LSD, LSD and, and psilocybin, which is mushrooms. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go in too much into ecstasy because it affects your heart in some way mm, i don't like, like that and he was like i'm 60 i ain't into I'm that game that. i ain't playing these games <laughs> these are studies these are clinical trials the so other one get high <laughs> i can't be just fooling around but so we're talking about sh- the the mushrooms he met with this dude stamets who i mentioned is the crazy mushroom guy I'm oversimplifying. He's probably not that crazy, but it's <laughs> the wacko for, mushroom. For you to remember guy. him, he's the wacko mushroom guy. Uh, they went on the they went on the hunt in Washington. There's over 200 species of these things, what? brown mushrooms, what all over the world. Now They're, that's interesting. Is we don't even have to wait for the other segment. That is interesting. Say <laughs> that to somebody. Did you know there are over 200 types of mushrooms, and they're all psychedelic? Are they all psychedelic? Yeah, like, those are the psychedelic. Those 200 psychedelic the, strains that have the wow. psilocybin. Yeah. I wonder but if it it'll get edible. as crazy as it has gotten, like with medical marijuana, because now there's just like different a strains. Stra- and no, I mean it's literally a like... billion strains. They will name it any like nothing. <laughs> I you know don't tra- I, that's a whole different world. But like I wonder if it'll go that way. And they do different things. The mushroom guy was saying that they are oh tropical blue haze. Yeah, Here, try this one out. This was grown in Hawaii off of the beaches. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Um, but the, the the history of this, this guy Wasson, he coined the term magic mushrooms, first wrote about in Life magazine, national publication, very popular. 
This is like mainstream media. Mm. It's like went down to Mexico, found these crazy magic mushrooms. <laughs> this is what happened. Completely destroyed the Mexican village because so many people went oh, down God. There trying to find it. Uh, um, is this where the mushroom? <laughs> yeah. It just ruined Do you have water and bath? Is there a bathroom? The old fire festival. Can't, like, you know, like they don't. Yeah. <laughs> God. So he regrets that immediately. Um, my, my question about the mushrooms, why evolutionarily would the mushrooms care? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this, yeah, what this is thing for? is poisonous. Like and so frogs it grow removes. certain colors to yeah. repel certain. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why on earth would this? Why would it need it? Maybe it's easiest, for us. Well, and this is what this mushroom guy is like. The plants are trying to tell us something. Yeah. We can't communicate. They're communicating. Right. The Michael Pollan guy is saying probably, and this is unfounded, but because it's an easy way for the spores to propagate, like anything where you're trying to survive and continue your lineage, if you have this experience and then you're all over the place and you bring it to something else, it's just another way why it needs to be so intense. Mm is why this mushroom guy is like, no, they're like trying to tell us to commune with nature and be one with all things. And like, we don't know what we don't know. Maybe that's what I'm like. Maybe like, like I had somebody came in, uh, somebody came into the apartment the other day, a a roommate, uh, guest, and they, they saw our cats and they were like, I'm going to, I I could have gone to see my cat yesterday, but I decided not to. And, and I went, well, and, and she said, don't tell the person. And I went, well, don't tell the cat. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, they, the cat doesn't know. And I went, well, I don't know if the cat knows. And then she stopped. Energy. She like yeah. literally, she stopped. She went, huh, you know, I don't know. And <laughs> yeah. over the top. But like, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not going around assuming that. That an uh, animal that was we, not intuitive. And that we have figured all of it out. Right. Like literally all of it. It's I think we walk around like we're gods. Yeah. It's 2019, and the most one of the most popular books is like maybe mushrooms. Bah, who I don't know. Bah, who knows mushrooms, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> so these mushrooms are all over the place. This is one last little thing. The uh, they have been seen to affect horses and dogs that eat mushrooms. What? Like they affect humans, but you can visibly tell that they're going through some sort of. I hope I get to do that trip. study. It's a big white near, just like blasted white room, and it's just me. And a horse. And a horse and a dog sitting on the floor. No chairs. It's just us. Yeah. And one of us at least took some LSD. (laughs) And I don't know if it wasn't Yeah, two of them were placebos. And you got to see whose horse are you tripping? (laughs) The horse is like, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But not cows. Not cows? They saw cows eating them and nothing. I wonder, I wonder what would happen to dolphins. Our next experiment. Mm, dolphins <laughs> and like chimps and stuff. I wanna, I'm like closest to human they, we I can. Think yeah. They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'd love when the, uh, the, every few years you get the news story drunk moose in a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did this, yeah. Oh. High just antelope. Wanted, yeah. yeah. High, just accidentally high or buzzed animals are my favorite news stories. <laughs> Clip clopped them. I don't, because yeah, we saw the moose in the tree. That was when we saw together live. Yeah, happening. <laughs> Breaking news: moose in a tree. That'll go in the email if I can find it. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, it's, I don't even. I want now. I want to know how it got. It's. I we learned, and I still am like, how did that moose get in the tree? It's like the mushrooms. We don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. That's all I got for this. Cool. Evan, what did you think? What do you want to talk about? First and foremost, that's on my mind is the, the using it in in treatment for like depression, cancer patients, and stuff like that, and the the way to break you out of your mental state, mm-hmm. which 
in most situations are more in a state of scarcity and survival and primal and very inward and not and and very rightfully so they have problems that that are about them yeah but that doesn't necessarily equal good work as far as mental work goes yeah um and so it's interesting that these things can help remove that the reality in which we all kind of set up for ourselves well, to be like, hold ego. on, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. They... It's just like one step back. It's just like, it's, you know, we can figure this out. Look at everything. What does yeah. it all mean? You know, it's like, it but... doesn't have to happen through, it could happen staring at a sunset. Right. Right. These mo it could happen meditating on a mountaintop, but this is the, the, but it's, it's like this, chemical channel. This is basically just a, a, a drug that induces something that we all kind of, want or at least talk about at some point in our life and every, every everybody's had the breath of fresh air i just realized it the oh i just woke up yeah oh i need to i need to get off my ass and you know i need to you know yeah whatever it is it's just breaking out of whatever cycle you're in so it's interesting that like through through drug testing that they were able to uh to almost like back that up no like legitimately changing your energy and and rethinking your whole perspective it's legitimate yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's legitimate and can be done. Uh, the science is there, and yeah. or at least we're working on it. Yeah, we're working. That, that was what and, we but that, to but that yeah. should be that should be really encouraging. Like, oh wow, what can we figure out? Yeah, what can be done? I think we that's, have to. We're a, treading lightly, though. No, we should. Because, I mean, we treat it yeah. the same way, but it should be it should be cautiously optimistic we'll just put it that way it's like absolutely treading lightly but but excited for the things that maybe we can figure out or seeing where it leads uh, and it's exciting it should be exciting to to a degree i mean saving lives but that that reminds me of just uh something that again kept being brought up was the baggage and your context of is it is all about you, what you bring to it, whether you know it or not, the subconscious, set, the it, absolutely. It's what you, what you bring to it and where you bring it to the, mm-hmm. the setting, is, yeah, those two things. Uh, and it seems like every, I mean, I heard it a few times yeah. uh, over the course of today is just, uh, it's very real. So like when people are, for me, it's like when people are really good about like making their room feel like them or comfortable, mm-hmm. it's like. I get, like, I know why you're doing it. And it's not, and I don't mean just, like, looking good to look good. It's, like, when you can walk into somebody's room and you know that they have put it together with care right. for them because of their certain workflow or whatever it is, how they live their life. Yeah. Um, so your your setting uh, and your baggage is important in every... And I wonder how that will change in the clinical trials because right now, from what he was saying, right. it was just, you're lying on a couch, you've got the eye shade, you've got technically a scientist, which is more like a therapist, which mm-hmm. is also more like a shaman guiding right. you through the experience, right. not I've saying anything or qualifying I anything. I want a shaman. I want some <laughs> spiritual guy that'll be there that I at least have some, some Trust misfounded in. faith yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that maybe he could guide me through this at all. <laughs> yeah. But that's all there is to it. But it would, yeah, it's interesting to say like that. What if you did it on the top of a cliff? Right. Or what if, you know, this person's going through an addiction and this person's going through depression and this person is, you know, you, you just you, got you broken have, up with, you know, whatever you it is. You will have a million different outcomes or you will see them. It's not. And, and I mean, if you're ever in a situation where drugs are happening to people in place, it may, you know, that's you're going to hear take that from it. Yeah. yeah. So. 
be careful. <laughs> we're warning you. Yeah. It's it's real. So you were interested in how there's kind of a gap in this research. Yeah, it <laughs> we're we're giving it for free out in the street. The Swiss the Swiss are out there just yeah. handing it out. <laughs> God the Swiss. God bless them. God heal. <laughs> the Swiss are First out there cheese just handing and now it this. Out. <laughs> uh, they're just handing it out on the street and we go bananas real quick and then like like a generation was put in time out and it's like we were born into a world in the 1990s where these things are scheduled with substances federal offenses and you don't even do think it, about them yeah don't you don't even, even think about them if you do them you're a bad person you're an underling of society you know like that's the yeah, that's the world that we were born into and in the past 20 years slowly and very mm-hmm. slowly even still the ideas around these things are changing and so this is why this book has come out yeah. and this guy in particular has taken on this subject because that's another thing is that like he is he's not a drug guy but he's a reputable guy and he's people a journalist like his who's other written stuff. new york times right. selling books so it's gotten to the point where somebody in his position can be like well if i did this is interesting this this is i'm on the heels of something fresh and hot mm-hmm well, if I did this, maybe that'll add some fuel to the fire, keep the conversation going. Give it um, some reputability, which yeah. it lost. That, that's the big thing with him is because he's not a wacky guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we made fun of him at the beginning, but he's pretty even keel. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not going to banter with this guy. He probably will uh, show me around some semantics and uh, show me right out the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that we're getting to the point where somebody like this can take this on and it hopefully will will add some momentum to this type of research because the, it is it is really gone a whole generation basically of this yeah. of these things being not I mean it's not even like they're tinkering around with them right. no we just started the testing it's like no we don't we don't mess with this like <laughs> at all the other so. thing that I thought was interesting tying into that was because he's writing this thing and he is a reputable person Allegedly, I just like to throw shade at everything. We'll but never know if you how many people, how, how many murders, Michael Pollan murders. Uh, the fact that these situations and the just the very nature of having some sort of psychedelic experience is very very difficult to verbalize or made mm. express in language because it is such like you said based on the baggage and the timing and the, all this stuff and what you go through. So to other. then turn into a platitude like love is everything. Well, you could have gotten that and you can or or oh, I'm not smoking because I saw myself as a gargoyle sounds insane. Well, but it, it's the feeling and the emotion and that just the fact that you were outside of yourself that you can't even I can put it to you this way. When you know you 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 love somebody, you can it's not like you don't love that person all the time. Right. And you only love them when you when you say you love them or or do an act of love. No, you love them all the time, but when they, maybe they give you an incredible card that tells you something, then you feel it. Like, you've carried the love, but yeah. maybe in that moment when you're, when you're experiencing it, you're actually feeling it. That, that, mm-hmm. that is kind of the, the important thing, is like the actual moment of like, oh my, the overwhelmingness, the moment mm-hmm. um, being the important thing and how to de- deconstruct that. Yeah. Um, also, both of those things are unexplainable mm-hmm. or unable to be like, tell me about that's that. Why, thing. You're no, like, well, no, that's, yeah. but that's why it's so interesting. And I'm, I'm like, I'm stoked that we're trying to put 
words to these things and trying to figure these things out. And this it's will like, be the what's challenge. happening to me when I'm overcome and I have no words, but I just feel this love for the, you know, or I, or I just, or I, you know, whatever. Or now I'm not afraid thing to is. die, or yeah, yeah, whatever it was where you where you you've had your realization. And it will be interesting for everyone, you included, dear listener, <laughs> to keep your eyes and ears out on the future for what's going to happen with this thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, yeah, guys, if you want to shoot us an email at illiterate at email.com, uh, get on that, get on that blog list. That's where we're going to have all our extra content. You know what to do. Videos, bonus stuff, articles, a picture of Michael Pollan's face. (laughs) Comparing him to Judge Doom from Roger Rabbit. Uh, so if you're into that, illiterate at email.com. Find us on social media, find us on all that, on that stuff. Uh, we really appreciate it, guys. See y'all next week. See ya. And celebrate Bicycle Day. Please. Ride a bicycle.